KZSM that music means. It is time for Riasis. Kathy, do we have you here? We're here. How are you? Good. <laughs> well, and, let me just give me a sound check, I guess is it. So, uh, Testing one, two, three. There you go. We're good. And uh, we got our other mics going. And tell us about all of our guests here. I've been talking about it uh, here for a little bit. I think it's going to be a really great show tonight. Glad to have everyone here in the studio. But, Kathy, I'm going to turn it over to you. So we have uh, this evening as our guest uh, here in the studio, Stephanie Brown, who is with the uh, Veterans of Foreign Wars here in San Marcos, uh, Maurice T. Suttles, Post 3413. And we also have uh, Major Williams, who is with the uh, San Marcos High School Air Force Junior ROTC program. And he has three uh, students that he has uh, brought with us this evening who are going to um, talk to us and tell us about a a project that they have going on here um, uh, coming up in March. And so I will go ahead and let them introduce themselves. Uh, I'll have them tell us a little bit about uh, the uh, where they are at the high school, if they're freshmen, juniors, sophomores, or seniors. And so we'll go ahead and, and start with Sebastian. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm Sebastian Fernandez. I'm a freshman at San Marcos High School, and I'm a first-year cadet in Texas 921 uh, Air Force Junior ROTC. Just in my first year, I've been loving it a lot. I'm a Robert Gabriel. I'm a sophomore at Samaras High School. Uh, this is my second year in a Texas 921 AFGRTC. I can honestly say from my two years, I have learned more than I think I ever would without it. I'm Rowena Brown. I am a freshman, and it's my first year as a cadet. Uh, and as it being my first year, it's been fairly interesting dealing with major. <laughs> that means it's great. And I am Major Tony Williams. I'm the senior aerospace science instructor at San Marcos High School Air Force Junior ROTC. And it's my privilege to work with these outstanding young people. Well, I'm glad you guys are here on the show. And I think we're going to go ahead and swing on over to Stephanie Brown with the VFW. And I'd like for her to tell us a little bit about the organization, where it's located at, and how she got involved with the, with the students over at the San Marcos High School. Hi, I'm Stephanie Brown, the commander at Maurice T. Suttles VFW Post 3413 here in San Marcos. This post has been here for 93 years, and it's going pretty strong right now. The the way I got involved with the JROTC was I met Major Williams a few years ago, and he was very motivated. So... I felt like it was a good connection with the cadets in our younger generation because part of the VFW mission is education. And if we can make that connection with this younger generation, I think we're going to have a really strong future. You guys do an award over at the uh, is it a Patriot's Pin or what is it called? Patriot's Pin? Or? Yes, we, we've awarded Patriot's a Pin and we haven't awarded our Voice of Democracy yet, but we will be. I remember uh, in uh, high school that used to be a, a big thing that the teachers were always pushing there, say, go ahead and, and ride, and you'll have an opportunity to maybe win a scholarship, and then you move on to the next level. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Every year we have a scholarship fund that goes towards Patriots Pen, which is the middle school, and then we have the Voice of Democracy, which is the high school. And the cadets have been really supportive of the program for the last few years, and they've done really well. So I'm looking forward to awarding them their scholarships coming up. But that's fantastic. So we'll go ahead and go on to Major Williams, and we'll ask him this question. Um, 
so explain to us uh, the project that you guys have coming uh, up in March mm -hmm. and how uh, you got involved in that project. Okay. Okay, very good. But uh, before I do that, I'd like to say that I met uh, Commander Brown a couple of years ago, and she said I was motivated. That's the, the kids describe that as being uh, extra. They call me extra, and that's okay. Uh, but um, and and uh, all my life, growing up in a small town, we were very involved with the VFW, and I actually won the Voice of Democracy speech contest from my high school back in nineteen. Uh, Let's say before 1990. So we're going to date ourselves here, right? You're right, right. And it was a $200 award, and I thought that was the best thing in the world. I thought those veterans that actually paid me that scholarship were the best people in the world. And uh, so now carrying it forward some years, uh, I definitely try to get the kids involved. So where are you from? Um, I'm going to assume you're not from San Marcos. I am not uh, from San Marcos uh, originally, but I got here as fast as I could. I am from Arkansas, a small town uh, uh, named Emerson, Arkansas, population 404. And I did 24 years in the United States Air Force. And then uh, my wife, uh, Martha, and I, we decided to retire in Texas. And so my wife is from Puerto Rico. So if we get into some Spanish, I know a little, but me falta practica. So, uh, so yeah. But that, that was pretty good, yeah. I like that. Okay. Practice can practice makes perfect too, right? Sí, también, pero yo sé todo lo comidas. Oh. Todo lo comidas, pero es mi favorito. So. Well, you know, hey, uh, the Puerto Ricans and the Mexicans put out some really good food out that's there. Right, so, yeah. That's right, that's right, that's right. So, original question. Sure. Uh, we got involved with this project, the Memorial Baton March, because we partnered with the VFW to do wreaths across america and that is a community service project where we lay wreaths during the holiday time on the graves of veterans at san marcus cemetery so we had about 20 cadets out in november marking the graves and some of the cadets brought it to my attention they said hey uh we noticed that there were some veterans who died on december the 7th 1941 but they died in the Philippines. And they said, I thought December the 7th was the day of Pearl Harbor, you know, the day that will live in infamy. And I said, well, yes, there was another attack in the Philippines that uh, a lot of American and Filipino soldiers uh, were killed and uh, were taken uh, as enemy prisoners of war. And they were like, what? N no way, that happened at the same time? Why haven't we heard about that? And and I told them um, to do some research, tell me what they could find out. And uh, I have to give credit to uh, Robert Gabriel right here, sitting here with us today. He was very motivated to find out about it. He would find something every day and he would come back and he would share it with the rest of the students. We had a class on it and, and they came up with a plan. Like we should do something to let people know about the sacrifices of the veterans of, uh, of Bataan. And so we came up with this march, and we're going to be doing it March the 25th at 7 a.m. at San Marcos High School. Um, you mentioned um, laying the wreaths over at City Cemetery. Mm -hmm. So are there any plans to go to some of the other cemeteries, or is it just going to be there? So I sit on the committee with the City of San Marcos, the Veterans Affairs Alliance Committee. And, yes, we do acknowledge that there are other 
large significant cemeteries in the community this was the first one that we were able to pull together and the fact that we've identified over 600 veterans in the main city cemetery is just outstanding we are trying to get other groups to assist and you have to have committees putting together each one because it requires fundraising it requires organization and we do acknowledge that there are several other large community cemeteries here that we would like to go to so for the one over at the city cemetery uh you you said fundraising so how much money does it take to go out there and lay the wreaths there the last couple of years we've been able to fundraise over twelve thousand dollars so that's that's just for the the ones we've been able to identify in just this cemetery and we really truly encourage the community to reach back out to the city especially the parks and recreation department in regards to we'd like to organize these other cemeteries it it takes a team i mean it took 20 kids to go and mark the entire cemetery could you imagine if we were able to do that we would probably be the only community that was able to do that across the nation at all of our cemeteries. And so how, how does that project get going? Is there like an organization that you call and you say or? Yes, it's Race Across America. And it actually started in the East Coast. And so do they send they send these things to you? or I mean, because I, I, I mean, I've heard about it, but I don't know how it actually works and functions, so. So the wreaths are made and they're sent to us. So okay. you, go to, you go to the website and you say, we'd like to register our cemetery. Mm-hmm. And then you identify a goal of how many that you need for that cemetery and you fundraise towards it. Mm-hmm. So it's work. And we, so how much is, is each, I guess, each wreath? Uh, each wreath is $15, and sometimes they have discounts. If you buy two, you get the third, or if you're working through a local organization, uh, like Kissing Tree, they'll do bulk orders, mm-hmm. and so they get a little bit knocked off, or they fundraise towards their group. Well, so if we're looking at um, all these cemeteries here that San Marcos says, that is a lot of money. That, that will be yeah. a lot of money, but... The love that could be shown through that and the acknowledgement, I think, would be huge. Well, I'm glad that you're here and we're talking about this. So maybe this is like the start of a conversation for some better things to come. Absolutely. Hopefully, you know, I think we all know that the freedoms that we that we share aren't really free. Somebody pays the price for it. And so I think that that's the least that we can do to remember those that have paid that price and those that have paid the ultimate price for us. So Absolutely. I'm glad to see that somebody here in town is picking that up. I I think everybody's trying. Um, I think, Rob, are we ready for a break? You got two more minutes. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and talk about, um, I guess, uh, Robert, since he said that you kind of picked up the the ball on this, you did a little bit of the research. So tell me, what fascinated you about um, going out to the cemetery and seeing this? What 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 was the one thing that you found that you found uh, astounding about the research that you did? Oh, yes, ma'am. Uh, when doing the research, the thing that astounded me was the fact that, like, no one really knew what had happened to the event, how little public light it actually received. Because I could ask people, did you know there was another attack aside from Pearl Harbor? No one could give me an answer. It was really only through online, like, how little act people actually understood about this. But then when you dug in, how much good information there was and how big of an event there really was to look into. And uh, once you started, so uh, you started to compile the information, um, what did what did you find? Uh, how many people were there? Um, how many soldiers were you know in in the the war you know during World War II? Tell me a little bit about the information that you did compile. Yes, ma'am. Uh, when I was compiling the event, it was looking into how the attack started, the fact that the U.S. and Philippine soldiers, after being 
fighting with no supplies, almost no ammunition. They held out for three months, but due to their poor troops and the fact they couldn't hold out any longer, they had to surrender to the Japanese. Uh, they were forced to march uh, 60 miles to prison camps. Uh, it was looking at the fact that the stuff they endured on the journey there, the fact they were marching average of 15 miles a day, which the average human is meant to only march 10, and they're doing this with no food, no water, you're killed if you stop, like the atrocities they had to endure, and the fact like it's not really remembered properly. No one celebrates it like it should be a bigger thing in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And what websites did you go to? Because you, you, know, you mentioned there's not a lot out there. So what websites did you go to find this information at? Uh, a big part was actually uh, I have Wikipedia, some uh, .orgs. Uh, Google was my best friend on this. A uh, whole bunch of YouTube videos, maybe a couple hours surfing on the Internet. But it was a big – there's some YouTube videos out there. There's, uh, if I could, there's uh, one website that we got a lot of information. We had a class on that was the World War II Museum <laughs> well, w- website, and they had a lot of information about it, the World War II Museum website, and uh, it was really, really uh, informative. The amount of information. Yeah. And uh, was there anybody else helping you with this, or were you the primarily the the one doing all the information as far as the research? Uh, I wasn't alone in this. I did get a bunch of kids with me who were also really interested in the event. Like I had a friend, uh, another cadet, uh, Tyler Ray, uh, Jonathan Franklin, uh, and Demetrius Pastrano. They were really big in helping me look into this and, like, then again, working with Major, figuring out well, how we can shine a light on this event. And then Major is the one who showed me that we can actually get in touch, you know, with our supporters and stuff and contact VFW and actually get a thing going for it. And we'll take a quick station ID break. We're going to be right back with you. You're listening to Rice. It's here on KZSM.org, True Community Radio. San Marcos, Texas. Uh, again, the views expressed on the show are those of the host, the guests, and not necessarily those of KZSM or SMTXCRA. We'll be right back with you. Ladies and gentlemen, y toda mi gente, my name is Josh, also known as DJ Alpha in the mix, and I am the host of the Latin Energy Show on KZSM San Marcos. I'm inviting everyone to tune in every Thursday evening and join the Latin Energy Party. Here on KZSM.org, we are all about community support, so tune in online or download the KZSM app on your mobile device. Shout outs and requests, make sure to follow and tag us on Facebook at Latin Energy Show KZSM. Tu sabes. Kissing Alley Concert Series starts off the new 2023 season with the local Irish sounds of the band Oh Malarkey. That's who you're listening to right now, folks. 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Thursday, March 16th in the historic Kissing Alley. It's on Hopkins Street right across from the courthouse. It is free. It is all ages. It is underwritten by a grant from the Arts Commission from the city of San Marcos. Come on out. Where are you green, folks? We're going to be listening to Omalarkey, 7 to 9 p.m. Thursday, March 16th. back here with you in the studio yes come on out the third thursday of uh, march the 16th and we're going to be down here at the kissing alley so come on down it's going to be a free concert no malarkey 
So uh, back with Kathy. And, and Rowena, I think you, you have some things that you want to share with us as well. Yes. Uh, so the Memorial Baton March, it was during World War II, around there, right after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, um, the Japanese uh, troops decided to infiltrate the Filipino, uh, ooh, decided to infiltrate on the Philippines and they had Filipino soldiers and American soldiers in the Philippines. Um, so, like Gabriel said, there was little supplies. They did not have everything they needed, so they had to surrender, and they had to march about 65 miles. Uh, about 10,000 soldiers died. 1,000 of them were American soldiers, and about 9,000 were Filipino soldiers. Um, for those that survived, they didn't get freedom until a couple years later, and through that time they were at camps with very harsh environments. So, yes. So, was it 1945 when they came in and liberated the, the POWs that were there in the camps? Is that yeah. correct? 1945? Yes. yes. And so, Sebastian, I think you have some research that you want to share with us as well. Although um, the Bataan Death March is actually something relatively new to me, um, it did open my eyes as to how much history we can actually find in the graveyards of San Marcos. Um, when I was there laying the markers for the wreaths there, I would hear cadets saying, here's another veteran grave, oh, here's another one. And I was just astounded, like, wow, we have a lot of history there, a lot of people who came from here who died in these historic events, and Baton Beth March happened to be one I hadn't heard about. And uh, I've read quite a few history books, talked to my parents about it a lot, and again, it's something very new to me. So thanks to uh, Robert, I've been able to learn about this event. Um, when when y'all were out there, did y'all actually find a marker out there for someone uh, that actually said um, Baton Death March uh, a POW? No. No, we didn't see one that said we didn't see uh -huh. one that actually said uh, that they died uh, as part of the Baton Death March, but we did see the date. <laughs> December 7, 1941, which that's what motivated, you know, the, the cadets like, wait a minute, that's Pearl Harbor. I said, no, they died in the Philippines. And that's what the, the marker said. Mm -hmm. And that started this whole this whole process to get it. And uh, we were talking on the break about, you know, uh, the original Baton Death March that takes place in New Mexico at White Sands Missile Range in, in New Mexico. Well, the reason they started and it's sponsored by the v National VFW was uh, because they lost so many uh, members from New Mexico who were part of the, uh, the unit that was from New Mexico that in order to kind of commemorate the actions and the lives of those who lost in Baton Death March, they started the original uh, Memorial Baton Death March in White Sands, uh, New Mexico. And so this is our first year. We're not gonna do as, as long. We're not gonna have a 30 pound rucksack or anything like that, uh, but it will be it will be a starting point for us to get, you know, to get going to to make this uh, as as widely known as possible. And these cadets are really putting in the work to to make let people know about this. I'm so proud of them. And just to give a little bit of history about the the march that's there in New Mexico, um, New Mexico sent 1,900 uh, service uh, service military service people uh, into the Philippines, and only 900 came back. So New Mexico took a, a, a huge loss uh, with their military personnel there in the Philippines. And um, in the Philippines, just to kind of give a little bit of history, 
Um, the Philippines at one time was a Spanish mm-hmm. um, territory, mm-hmm. and um, it turned over to the United States, I believe, in 1889 or 1898. And so it became a territory of the United States. Mm-hmm. And so um, the Filipinos that were fighting there were fighting basically under the United States mm-hmm. Army. And so um, it, it's, um, I think when you look at history and you see that perspective, I think a lot of times we don't really realize all the people that actually go with us and help us and sometimes we don't see the suffering that other other countries do even though there are there are are allies um so tell me a little bit about the march um when is it um who who, robert yeah okay yes ma'am uh well, the march uh, in White Sands, New Mexico, they usually run the event between uh, March 19th and March 25th. Uh, their official route there has it marked out. You can either go the shortest is a 14-mile march up to like a 28, and then they got the full like 60-mile march is as long as you can do. It's Everyone usually substitutes for the 14. Uh, yes, uh, during the march, usually split into five-man teams, and from there that's how you complete the whole thing. So uh, the the actual march, when did that start and when did that finish? And the dates in New Mexico, or the dates that we're having here, are they in conjunction with those same times or? They're during the same week. Uh-huh. They're doing the same week. You can do the virtual. You can do the virtual on uh, the 25th, uh, but we're going to be doing the actual march here in San Marcos, starting at the high school at San Marcos High School on March 25th at seven o'clock, seven a.m. And we are going to have a weigh-in for those who want to carry, uh, you know, weight in their rucksacks. And in conjunction with the Hayes County Food Bank, we are asking anybody that participates and carries weight that they carry canned goods in their rucksack. And then when we get to the VFW, then we will donate all of that that food stuff in support of veteran activities uh, that the VFW is already doing. So how how heavy are those sacks that that, that they're going to be, for those that decide to do that? Well... I have to kind of pull the kids back sometimes. They want to do a lot, but we're limiting uh, them to 10 pounds, 10 pounds, 10 pound rucksacks or backpacks. uh, And we'll have an official weigh in. And um, and it's kind of like our our initial effort to do this just to get the word out. But in ROTC, you know, we we try to motivate the cadets and we try to teach the cadets how to take on big things and and how to plan organize lead and do all this stuff and they've done a great job and this is just one of the many activities that that they've done throughout the year that uh, that we're gonna take and so is the is the event only open to the members of the junior ROTC or is it open to the public yeah so if somebody wanted to get involved okay um, tell us how how do we do that uh, you're going to do that. Uh, we are going around. We're passing out flyers to certain local businesses. They're going to be along our marching route. Uh, there's an online website you can find. Run sign up. Yeah, run sign up. They're helping get this word out there. If not, uh, I will be well, going around and putting up some flyers at local businesses on our actual route. So. And is there a charge, <coughs> uh, a cost to participate in the? We're, we're asking for $10 per person uh, just to kind of either – help defray the cost of putting this all on because we have to do traffic control we have to do uh, a water station aid stations and things like that so it's just a nominal fee uh that we that we are charging if you go to runsignup.com and then search races baton san marcus and it'll come up so runsignup.com you can register there get all your information there's a waiver form that you have to 
uh, sign and then you uh, you sign up and we'll get you get you signed up and you can also sign up on on the mark the day of the march and um after the march is there going to be something at the vfw is there going to be like a little um event uh, ceremony Our, depending on how quickly they they can get into the posts we're planning on snacks food maybe some music a little bit of a celebration and uh, i'll probably have some choice words I'm, I'm really proud of these guys for putting all of this together. That, that, that's awesome. Um, so, so you did the research on, on this. Um, when, when you look at the men and the women that, that have served, what, what feeling do, do you have um, for, for them? Well, yes, ma'am. When I look at the men and women that have served, it's really admiration because we all get so used to the freedoms and stuff we enjoy on a daily basis, and a bunch of you will forget that there is a cost that comes with it. Everything you have, every little freedom, someone had to fight, and they paid for that. So it's really a lot of admiration for what they decided to do. And I think when you start to read about the sufferings that a lot of them have, um, uh, I think it brings it a little bit more into, pers into perspective when you read some, somebody's story. Because, you know, when, when you hear, oh, well, I was over there, but a lot of people, they don't like to talk about the things that they went through when they were there and they keep it a lot of that to themselves and so a lot of times they don't want to tell those stories and I had a conversation with a gentleman who told me anybody that tells you who's in the military that they're not afraid said you know that's not particularly true because you have to have a little fear when you go to things like this and um, he said that for a lot of men that as the days go by that the fear is not as as an, a big a thing because what takes over is the survival, the, the, the survival day-to-day. -day, i got to survive today. So the fear kind of becomes a secondary thing. So I don't know. Fortunately, I've never had um, the opportunity to, to have that type of feeling, but I know there are a lot of people that have. I think, are we ready for a break? Yeah, let's go ahead. And uh, you're listening to Rice. is here on KZSM.org, True Community Radio. We'll be right back with you. I wonder, wonder who, who, who. It might be the book of love, or it might be a biography, a self-help book, a cultural history, a novel, or a work by a local poet. And we might be talking with a librarian, an editor, or an attentive reader just like you. Or the author might be in the studio with us to talk in depth about the book. Join us Tuesdays 4 to 6 p.m. for Bookmark to learn more about books you love and hear about books you might learn to love. Right here on KZSM.org, San Marcos Community Radio. The Rotary Club of San Marcos is hosting a casino night fundraiser on Saturday, March 4th at 7 to 11 p.m. The event will be held at the Commemorative Air Force Central Texas Wing in the San Marcos Regional Airport off Highway 21. Tickets cost $50 per person, or pay $400 and reserve a table for eight. Sponsorships are available for $500 and up. This includes promotional benefits for sponsoring companies. Tickets can be purchased with a credit card by scanning the QR code found on the Rotary of San Marcos Facebook page with your smartphone. You can also mail checks to the Rotary Club of San Marcos, P.O. Box 581, San Marcos, Texas, 78667. Most funds raised will be donated to the Greater San Marcos Youth Council and the Youth Service Bureau. 
The commemorative Air Force facility houses an Air Force Museum and a collection of vintage aircraft that are still airworthy. So come on out, get your game on. Enjoy appetizers, beer and wine, and a silent auction. Get in the mood to have some fun and do some good in a fascinating historical setting. Out at the commemorative Air Force, and they were flying the Yellow Rose of Texas out uh, airworthy. You know, it was flying out uh, over the uh, conflict market yesterday. They were out doing some things. And so I had a quick question for y'all. You know, this, the men and the women that were in the Bataan Death March that were captured, most of them were 19, 20, 18, you know, 17, you know, in the military, just a few years older than y'all. And can you kind of think about that, that if you were in that situation, you know, how would you feel? I mean, I, I don't know. I, does, does that ever, you know, come to you, you know, that, wow, that's a lot of responsibility. That would have been heavy. Yeah, um, it's certainly uh, very, very much uh, certain that a lot of respect is due to the people who had to endure that sort of thing. Um, they were quite close to my age when that happened, uh, and it's just incredible to imagine how much hardship they had to go through that. It's a ton of respect that comes from me to them, certainly. Yeah, it's like a lot of admiration looking at the fact like how much times have changed. Because now like I'm 16, it's realizing the fact that I would have had one, maybe two, three more years if I was lucky before I'd have to go into that kind of situation and really putting myself in perspective that that's like how much times have changed. What kids at that time would have had to go through, how much they had to fight for that. Like they had to put their lives on the line for our freedom. Like how much really owe to that generation what they did. Uh, I have the utmost respect for them because going through that and going through all the fear and just thinking, man, I got to survive that way I can get back home. That, yeah, a lot of respect for them. And I feel a little upset that it's taking this long to tell their story about what happened to them. So, yeah. Well, it's a different age, different time. But thank you. I appreciate that. My, my father uh, went into uh, the Army, was drafted when he was 17, never graduated high school. He was in ROTC. And that uh, was getting down to the point where they were, they, they, this was uh, 1944, 1945. And he went through seeing that and, and being part of that. So, uh, no, I, I appreciate your insights into that. Thank you. Kathy. Um, I have a question for, for all of y'all. I, I'd like to know, and I'm curious, about um, why y you decided to get involved in the the junior ROTC at, at, at the high school. What what was the determining factor? Because, you know, there's so much stuff to choose from. You've got athletics, you've got choir, band, all those things. What, what, what was the deciding factor for you to join the junior ROTC? For me, uh, at the time, my number one priority was um, planes, aviation. I'm still an avid and aviation enthusiast, and since it was um, Air Force Junior ROTC, I thought I'd love to do that. I noticed that they were offering um, lessons on aerospace science, and that pretty much sold it for me. Um, I was able to get the absolutely awesome chance to participate in a flying event called the Young Eagles, in which I went on a plane with an instructor and flew around for about an hour, and all of that at the cost of zero, and I was able to do it uh, in ROTC. I remember Major Williams approached me and said, have you heard of Young Eagles? And I, and I said, yeah, I think I have. I'd love to do that. 
And so that was a lot of fun. And thanks to joining JROTC, I was able to enjoy that experience. So um, you mentioned, uh, you know, airplanes. So is your is your goal? Are you going to pers uh, pursue this as as um, as what you're going to do? Um, you know, once you leave um, the high school, do you, your field is it going to be like uh, flying planes, fixing planes? Is it going to be the technology part of it? Um, I've always been interested in flying the planes themselves. Although now I've focused more on cybersecurity, I would say that I certainly want to get a pilot's license in the future. It's a lot of fun that I think would be possible flying planes. Um, so it's definitely in my plans for the future. Awesome. And Robert, the same question for you. Oh, uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, well, I joined ROTC. Well, I had always been a military enthusiast from a young age. I'd gone to high school with the intent that I'm going to find an ROTC. Looking through high schools, it was which one's got the best ROTC? Can I find information in the ROTC? So going in, it was no doubt ROTC. Even in my military enthusiasm, I acquired the nickname Super Hua, unfortunately. <laughs> so okay, say, say that again, Super what? Super Hua. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my new call sign for that. But I had gone in with the intent that because I always wanted to enlist in the military. I kind of kid that would talk to my mom, hey, I could be 16 if I went to Britain to join. So can I join at 17? Uh, never gonna be a yes for that. So. I was going, I went to ROTC with the thought of <clears throat> military after high school, got to get in. And it was going to ROTC and finding all the opportunities I didn't know I'd find. Because like, as a second year, I've gone through a bit more than can say they have and can tell them it's amazing as you go through. Because my freshman year, I participated in Voice Democracy, just got approached in class, said, hey, you're going to write this essay and you're going to submit it and maybe they'll win a scholarship. I was like, okay, yes, sir. Start that. I happened to win third place. So amazing time it was just the events you didn't even know you could come across and then Rowena I know you know uh, now the opportunities for for women in the military are, are, are a lot better than what they used to be I think at one time you were kind of a reg regulated to being a nurse or you know things along that line but now the, the you know the doors are just wide open so tell me a little bit I'm interested in what you have to say uh, so I joined JROTC not only because I personally knew major before I joined high school um, but it was also because, like, some of the things that they were talking about at their table when they came to the middle school to talk to us, it seemed interesting and, like, intriguing for me. And I was like, okay, I think I can do that. I want to try it. So I came to join, and I've now seen that I definitely can do it, and I can do a whole lot more. Like, I've done color guards. I also went to go fly a plane. Um, yesterday, actually, we went to a PT competition where we got to practice first aid and test our physical fitness. Um, so, yeah, and seeing these opportunities that, like, now we don't just have to be a medic or a nurse. We can actually go into the field and fight for our country. Um, it seems interesting, and I'm considering joining the military after high school. So if you do, if you do, do that. Uh, you wouldn't consider going to college first and then and then join the I have I have been thinking about that I do think I want to go to college first and then join the military that way I have like a bachelor's degree afterwards or something for afterwards that way when I do get out I can still earn money afterwards and not just if retire. you do join is there anything specific that you want to do in the military no not really I, I kind of just want to go join and fight for the freedom of my country if anything happens. T so. Toss caution to the wind and, uh, and something <laughs> will find you, right? <laughs>
works. <laughs> well, it, it, it sounds like you guys are in a good place. It sounds like you guys have a, a really good mentor in uh, Major Williams. Yeah. And so how, how many kids right now are in the ROTC program at the high school? Yeah, so uh, right now we have about 70 kids, and we're supposed to have 110. Um, we're we're kind of low, but uh, one of the things I, I got to uh, uh, correct, uh, Rowena has done a great job, and she's figuring out that it doesn't matter if you're a female. If you're a great leader, you're a great leader. She's a flight command, a flight sergeant in her team. She's also a color guard commander, and she's on the Cyber Patriot team doing cybersecurity competition and, and excelling at all of those things. And, and so um, I think one of the things, even though our, our young people here uh, today, they are interested in careers in the military, but we are not a recruiting arm for the military. Uh, we are a character education and leadership program. Uh, and uh, Sebastian also is on our Cyber Patriot team. He's one of our, our valuable Cyber Patriot team members, and he's learned a lot about cybersecurity where we really, you don't learn that anywhere else except in junior ROTC at San Marcos High School. We are the only cybersecurity team at the school. So what kind of yeah. things are you learning with your cybersecurity? Because that really is it. Well, first, let, let me ask, because I don't know anything <laughs> no. about cybersecurity, so tell me first of all what that is. Okay, well, there we go. That was kind of the lead in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, the Cyber Patriot program of JROTC focuses on competitively securing computers from threats that could cause them to fall under the wrong hands. And so we, we go through a lot of computer science learning, and, we in, and then we compete nationwide to secure a computer as much as possible. Now, it's actually my first year doing this, and I haven't had any cybersecurity background whatsoever before I went in. But I've learned so much that I've started actually even downloading my own virtual machines to be able to practice. And so I've put so much effort into this because I'm just so enthusiastic about it. And just in the first year, it's an incredible program. And yesterday I got to go to an event with um, Major Williams and other Cyber Patriot team members. And I even had a fancy lunch. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and the best thing at somebody else's expense, maybe, yeah? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So not only was a, a combination of benefits from Cyber Patriot, a combination of learning, but also a ton of fun. Okay, so so at the expense of making myself sound a little a little old, but my dad always used to say to me, "There is no such thing as a stupid question if you don't know the answer." So so how does how does this work? Uh, you you talk about computer. Are you supposed to put uh, software in there to keep the computer safe? How, how does how does that work? How does competition work? Yeah, so you know a lot of people log into their computers every day, and they don't know exactly what's at stake every time the password is entered. And it's very valuable to learn how to keep these machines that store so much vital information secure. And I've been able to learn quite a lot about it. If, if I may. So the Cyber Patriot program is a program that is nationwide. There are over uh, 9,000 teams with over 30,000 competitors. And the way it works is that each team is a cyber crew and there are specialists on that team and some of the specialists do uh, Ubuntu, uh, some of the specialists do Windows, mm -hmm. some of the specialists do Server, some of the specialists do Cisco uh, Networking Academy, what they call Packet Tracer and they work on a virtual machine so it's, it's near real time 
and they have to find vulnerabilities in these systems. And each person on that team has a vital part to play in getting points and securing the system. Now, as you can imagine, you have to be very technically proficient uh, on, on your task. Uh, Ubuntu is a kind of like a version of Linux. It's how you talk to computers and machines. And these kids have to learn the, the basically the grammar of the language to speak to the computer to make sure that it's doing what it's supposed to do. Okay, he's talking to me and I'm shaking my head, but I'm, I'm so lost. <laughs> I, I knew you'd be, I could watch your, your head spinning and I'm sitting here knowing exactly what he's talking about. But you know, my, my son at their age was learning these things. And I think that that is a very good skill set for you to have, whether you're going in the military or not. That, you know, just the fact that you all are learning uh, these different uh um, the packets you're learning about these things. This is how you go on to other careers in cybersecurity, and and it's a very, you know, you, listen. You want to talk about getting some good lunches? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They'll take good care of you with those skills. Talk about what happened with Miguel yesterday at the uh, tech port. Yes. So Miguel Hernandez, he is a senior in uh, Air Force Junior ROTC unit here, and. He's one of the specialists uh, in our Cyber Patriot teams. He actually takes care of all the Cyber Patriot operations in, the, in this unit here, and he's a very smart guy. I've learned everything <laughs> about Cyber Patriots from him. If I have a problem, I say, hey, Miguel, can you help me out with this? And he'll come up with a solution. Uh, he's a great guy. And yes, just yesterday, he was recognized by Major Williams over at Techport uh, for a Cyber Patriot event, and he is definitely going very, very far. He's so smart, and he's going to make a lot of money, quoting Major <laughs> Williams. So he got recognized there, and, and there's lots of internships of, uh, that are there, and I think he's going to be able to get one of those for yeah. sure. So, Kathy, to, just to sum it up, okay, so if you have a computer system that you need to make sure it's you know we've got gas we've got oil we've got uh, you know you've got nuclear missiles and you've got all these systems right that are out there in our military but also that it's uh, in our commercial systems as well that we have to protect and this is the the change that's happened in the last 20 25 years is this is a whole nother side of our military to defend our country. I mean, you know, it's uh, look at how easy it is to shut down. Look at how Texas was just a few years ago when our uh, power system was shut down at this time of year. Okay, and if you can have some foreign uh, uh, perpetrators that come in and they can shut down some of these systems, this is where these skills that these kids are, are learning are good. I'm sorry. No, as a the commander and a parent of one of these children, the what intrigues me coming from the military and listening to how they talk, they're already talking like they, they've been active duty for years. The... What Cyber Patriot is that I'm seeing is basically they're taking a program or a system and they're being told to break into it, break it, mm -hmm. and then fix it. And then they exit the system. So if you're talking about your banking, if you're talking about look at what's happening with the airports and the flight systems, with their flexibility of mentality, they're able to look at it from all angles that some adults aren't capable of anymore. And I think things move really fast, and so I think time is of the essence when you when you do things like this. Is that correct? 
Yeah. yeah. There are lots of time constraints. Um, and just cybersecurity overall in general. Cybersecurity defends things from nuclear missiles all the way to the computers that cashiers use to buy coffee for you. Yeah. So one of the scenarios that we did last month in Cyber Patriot that Miguel created on a virtual machine and distributed to all the students for practice was involving a potential hacker hacking into the Federal Aviation uh, Administration uh, tra air traffic control system. Mm -hmm. He did that about a month before we actually had the problem that actually occurred in real life. And the cadets were working on that solution. What happens when you take over the air traffic control system of the United States? Mm -hmm. They did that a month before it actually happened. And when, they, when it happened, they, everybody came to school like, did you hear what happened on the news? <laughs> well, and no one took over the system. Let's go back on right. this. What it was was an update of a system back from the 90s yeah. that you had a contractor that just, they thought, oh, we don't need to worry about this file, you know, this set of files, and they didn't copy it over, and you had this cascading problem that ended up shutting down yep. since 9-11. That was the yep. first time in uh, just a few weeks back that our whole... Uh, air traffic control system was shut down. Yeah. It was a vulnerability that these kids were trained to look for. Okay. So. Yeah, just a lot. Just a, a less than a week of typing in a keyboard could lead to such a disastrous event. So many flights canceled. So many air operations disrupted. It took also a big hit on the economy. So even these invisible wars that are fought still affect people all over the country, all over the world. So let's take a quick station ID break. And no, thank you. That was a good summary. I love it. I'm so proud of you guys. KZSM.org, True Community Radio. We'll be right back with you. Howdy, partner. Does your daily routine usually consist of train robberies, horse fights, gunslinging, or all-around adventuring throughout the Wild West? Because if it doesn't, then you need to tune in to the best cowboy comedy radio play this side of the Mississippi. And that's Roscoe Taylor, the Tallahassee tween, broadcasting on KZSM every Sunday at 8 p.m. Tune in. You'll be glad you did. Texas River Tonk airs live Fridays from noon to 2 p.m. on KZSM. They spin new music from up-and-coming artists, as well as deep cuts from country greats. Within studio interviews and performances, Texas River Tonk is bringing you music straight from the source and letting you know where to see these artists live at upcoming shows. Don't miss Texas River Tonk, Fridays noon to 2 on KZSM, True Community Radio. The end of a very long week is at hand. You've made it through. Whew, it's time for a drink. Pour a cold one, pet the cat. Take your shoes off, and just like that, I'm right here with you in a blink, spinning the tunes you want to hear and talking to people you want to know. I'm there, kzsm.org, 8 to 10 Central Standard Time. On Fridays, you're listening to Friday Night with Care. On the radio, this is the Sweet Honey Bear Blues on Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Till 10 o'clock, you got me giving you what you just didn't know you needed.
No, yes, we're, we're in trouble. There was a point that my son, my daughter was like, he knows so much more than we do. And this was when he was about 11 or 12 years old. So, you know, keep keep doing what you're doing. You're good. And seriously, that is the, that is the frontier that we all have to be very careful about because uh, there are teams that are in the military that are trained specifically for what you're talking about that are out there looking for our vulnerabilities all the time and this is just it it amazes me i'm glad that you all are here and you know proud that you're the next generation that's going to be out there protecting us thank you okay kathy and um in my uh, initial conversation that i first had with uh, major williams we uh, talked about the issue of uh, students enrolling for the program at the high school mm-hmm. and so uh, tell us a little bit about that well it's it's a challenge to get kids into the program because most people think about rtc they think about uh kids that are wanting to join the military and uh although uh two of the three are pretty sure they're going to join the military uh if that is not our goal to get anybody into military that is not our goal and the kids that are in the program they can tell you we never tell them you have to join the military if you want to we can help with that but there are so many opportunities in the program and these kids on the break they were so excited about all the stuff that they're doing uh but what happens is uh maybe people don't understand that we're not trying to get their kids in the the military that we're not trying to send their babies off to war and all those other things and 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 it gets translated into not many kids showing up to sign up for rtc uh, the kids that are, are in ROTC, they are just doing amazing things. Uh, like we've talked about Miguel. Miguel is not joining the military, but I guarantee you, hes I know for a fact he's going to be at UTSA majoring in uh, computer science with a minor in cybersecurity. Uh, we have another cadet who graduated a couple years ago, Zach Seaton. He's at Texas State. He's an electrical engineer. He's going to graduate with a minor, uh, an electrical engineering degree with a minor in cybersecurity. All of these things they picked up in ROTC and it propelled them forward. We set them up, we give them opportunities and they run with it. Just like doing this program with the Memorial uh, March, the Baton March. Uh, we have young Eagles. We've had, uh, we've had a young person that participated in the young Eagles and decided he wanted to be a pilot. And he actually, we helped him get a scholarship to get his private pilot license right when he was 19 years old. And he's currently enrolled at Angelo State University. And so uh, there are so many opportunities, but uh, if you think that Air Force Junior ROTC at San Marcos High School is only about joining the military, it is most definitely not that. We're patterned after the military leadership example, so we learn discipline, but with that discipline, we propel the kids to do other things and and to challenge themselves like this march that they're organizing or hey i can fly a plane what do you mean nobody in my family can fly a plane i i can fly a plane nobody in my family ever went to college i can go to college because we teach them problem solving we teach them leadership we talk about character we talk about uh working hard perseverance and these are the things that translate into their success if you ask me i think we're the best kept secret at san marcus high school and our kids get scholarships Mm -hmm. yeah i remember uh the year my my daughter graduated or the year before there was a young lady which just left me in awe because i think she had something like 60 or ninety thousand dollars in scholarship offers and she was going to go 
uh, into one of the military programs, and I can't remember where, but I thought, God, that's just fantastic for a young mm-hmm. lady like that mm-hmm. to be able to rise, uh, you know, that high up like that and get that that kind of money. It, I, I was in awe myself. Um, Student-wise, population Hispanic and uh, African American kids. Do you mm-hmm. have a high rate of those in the program? Actually, we do not. Um, sometimes, and I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, but I think part of it is the educational piece, mm-hmm. because you know maybe your maybe your parents or your uncle or somebody uh, was in ROTC and they joined the military. Maybe they didn't have a good experience, and so now oh, no, you're not going to do. Uh, ROTC and, and because that's they're just trying to send you off to war and those kind of things uh, but um, we do have uh, we do have uh, some kids that excel there uh, like I said uh, it, Miguel Hernandez is not the only one but you know we got Sebastian who's doing great and and all of the kids are that are there and they realize like oh wait a minute this is not what maybe my uncle or my aunt or my cousin told me it was going to be mm-hmm. and uh i would just say uh we've we've done uh, i think we've done a great job in getting the kids out there to tell their story and i think uh, next year uh if all things go well i think we should have a, a pretty good group uh and and uh we'll just tell them to try it out and once they get in there and they look around and they see like oh wow uh, and one other thing that we didn't talk about we they do i fly indoor skydiving mm-hmm. Yeah, it is so many things. It's just and and but before they get into the so we're basically a STEM uh, uh, program because I am a super nerd, geek, Star Wars, everything, <laughs> and uh, so in order to do iFly indoor skydiving, each one of the cadets before they got into the wind tunnel, they had to calculate their terminal velocity, recognizing the difference between weight and mass. Mm. And if they couldn't do it, they didn't get in the chamber. Luckily, everybody got in the chamber. So we turned a fun event into a learning experience. So do you guys recruit for the program at the high school? I mean, do you talk to your friends and say, hey, come come check this out or come join or, yeah? Yes, ma'am. Uh, well, actually, what we did is we all usually organize a recruiting event. So well, you'll have the kids in there that go and they talk to their friends and try to you know, see if they can get them in the program. But we'll set aside certain times. We'll take, like, four or five cadets, and we'll go out to one of the middle schools, and we'll – set up a table and we'll talk to them about their schedules and why the benefits are of joining ROTC and that and try to really convince them why they should join the program. And do you have anything you want to add to that, Sebastian, about how, how you know, if, if I'm a Hispanic student in school, how would you approach me and say, come join ROTC? Yeah, I would definitely say that, um, especially for first-generation immigrants, unfortunately there's a stigma against the color green of military. Um, but in reality, it's actually a place where you can get so much experience. Um, I, for just my first year in ROTC, I've gotten a lot of things to put on a resume, and that is what employers are looking for. Um, if you want to make money, experience is the first thing you need to get, and that will help a lot of people who are starting out. Well, uh, I think we're coming up to, to a close. I want to thank you guys for being here, but let's go ahead and recap as to the event. I did want to mention real quick, if you want to do any shout-outs, you've got, we've got people all across the country listening in from uh, Arizona, Texas, up in Washington, D.C. If, uh, any, if you don't want to do any shout-outs to anybody, do it. you got a minute here real quick. <laughs> do, it for, do it for all of them. All right. I would like to thank my family for jumping on because we posted this and the Preble clan, you know who you are all over the country. These kids are a great group of kids and 
even before I was part of this program with my own kid, the uh, the experience and acknowledgement of how great they are. I spent two and a half hours at a San Marcos ISD high school graduation last year shouting for 23 kids. Mm -hmm. And trust me, that's really important to have a cheering crowd. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd just like to, to say that uh, Air Force uh, Junior ROTC is a great program. It's not what you think. Uh, these kids are amazing. They, they, they impress me every day. And I'm so glad that we partnered with the VFW. And our kids, through that experience with the veterans at the VFW, and I'm telling you, the veterans at the VFW, they know our kids. And our kids know the veterans. And it creates a sense of responsibility and respect that you just if you see it it's it's amazing uh we're doing projects with them uh another project we're doing with the book the um we have patches we have a veteran at the vfw who has a, like hundreds of patches the kids are cataloging them scanning them in researching each patch and each unit with dates and all this other kind of stuff and they're learning about our history and uh, we want to ask everybody to come out and support our kids sign up on uh, run sign up the Memorial Baton March on March 25th. If you go to runsignup.com uh, and then do a search of San Marcos Baton March, you'll you'll pull it up. It's only $10. If you want to donate, you can do that too. And we appreciate it. Thank you for having us today. Well, I'm, I'm glad y'all are here. And before we close out the program, I'd like to rem uh, rem uh, remember one of our own here in San Marcos, Jesse Adams, who served in the United States Army in the Pacific Theater, Company E, 31st Infantry, um, uh, did go on the Baton Death March and uh, was interned in Camp Bullybid, Keba, Tanua, and Hanawa. So we remember our, our, our veterans uh, here as we close out the program. And thank you all for being here. Thank you. Thank you. All right, and you've been listening to Races here on KZSM.org, True Community Radio. Thank you very much for listening in tonight, folks. <laughs>